You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Geek Card Check. Every week, we're going to pull on the threads of pop culture and decide if they pass the Geek Card Check. My name is Chris. I'm Tyler. And Kate is swinging Grabthar's hammer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she is. As she does. Well, this (laughs) week, everybody, we are going to talk about something that we've been talking about discussing for quite a while Mm -hmm. now. Uh, But now that we the, the, what is this, 30th? I can't add. 20? We're on 20 years. 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary anniversary of Galaxy Quest is uh, is looming upon us on Christmas Day. Uh, We figured we would discuss that uh, seventh best Star Trek film that it is. Absolutely. Um, Yes. Uh, but and we can we can uh, I think actually we should discuss what comes after Galaxy Quest because I think if it was if we were making our own list, uh, but that's we'll we'll do that maybe a little bit later. Uh, but before we get into Galaxy Quest and the fun discussion that I think that it will be, uh, we have a couple of sad pieces of news to break uh, and just to, to have a quick discussion about um, today. I, I think well within the last couple of days, um, two of which happened today, um, we found out about three. Uh, three deaths in the Star Trek world, um, two of whom are monuments in the in the Star Trek world. Um, the first is Rene Abergenois, who passed away today on December 8th. Um, Rene Abergenois played Odo on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He played Colonel West on Star Trek the uh, Six: The Undiscovered Country. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like he also played... He was in Enterprise as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I was pretty sure he was in Enterprise. Do you remember who he played? Do you have that... At your fingertips? It's on my Twitter feed because I retweeted it earlier because I knew I wouldn't remember and yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's he's a, a, a huge character actor. He's a sta- He was a stage actor. Um, he voiced characters on, on the show Archer. He was on Benson. Um, and he passed away um, pretty, it sound, to me at least, pretty suddenly. So um, I guess where, you know, what stands out in your guys' memories from uh, Rene Aubergenois? Well, I mean, I know he was famous for the MASH movie as Father oh, Mulcahy, yeah. but right. for me, Odo all the way. Of course. I loved him as Odo. Absolutely. Yeah, somehow he was able to, and I think they talked about this in the documentary that we yeah. just watched, um, he was somehow able to emote through a what most people would find too much makeup you a know what i mean like a big amount of makeup yeah, it yeah. Is just way 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 too much going on and somehow he's able to emote we were able to care for um and love this character of odo on deep space nine and mm-hmm. you know he is one of my favorites i mean he is the yes. uh the spock like character he is the you know wharf data you know the, the the guy who has he's got a hard exterior somebody who is not very easy to kind of he doesn't want you to know who he is, right. and suddenly, by the end of the the last season, you know you you feel like he could be your dad, or he could, you know what I mean? Like he yeah. is so powerful, um, and uh, it was all Renee behind that, mm-hmm. and his performance is and was uh, just absolutely spectacular. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he he does a great job. He will be missed. And um, when I saw that news, I definitely was sad. Yeah, uh, I, it was definitely a, a bummer, and and, and uh, we'll, we'll miss we'll miss him and and his his impact, his thumbprint on the in the world of Trek. His bucket. 
his yes. bucket. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, he has one of the most developed story arcs of any uh, character in Star Trek, especially one that's not, you know, a captain type character. And um, he stood for the outsider character being who he was. Mm. He, he did not become a beloved character because he was the most, you know, adventurous or the most handsome or any of, you know, the action adventure type roles. It was because of his oddity and his difference that he was such a memorable, unique and wonderful character to follow. And I think uh, a beacon for, for many who love Star Trek because they can find themselves in the shows because, you know, they are the, those who are different in, in the real life world. They have um, characters like him to look to. Uh, we saw that, as you noted, with the documentary and other people who I've talked to um, online over the years. Odo is a special one. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He, um, he just... I mean, everything you guys just said, he is such a memorable character um, across the board. He's got um, his his relationship with Kira, his um, his growth from beginning to end, when I don't think they really knew what they were going to do with him at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. He's right. just, uh, like like a lot of Star Trek, right? We've got these characters that they start out, and how are we going to use them? And who who would think that his, his race, you know, his species would be um, at the core of what happens in the latter half and then mm-hmm. that he would be able to so fully step up to the plate um, with both you know personal or interpersonal stories then political stories and political drama and even some espionage going on you know mm-hmm. it's just he's he's pretty amazing and in fact I was just looking you know th- through his his repertoire I forgot he's also the chef in the little mermaid so he's yes. he's got that huge. Um, you know, hilarious scene as well. So it just—he's uh, a guy who who was a true character actor and could do just about anything. And and I think that he'll be—he um, certainly will be will be missed. Mm-hmm. Um, the next person I want to mention again—we've had kind of a, a sad week for Star Trek fans—is um, Dorothy, or or better known as DC Fontana, um, who was. Uh, she's a huge, she's a titan of Star Trek. She was uh, one of the, you know, she was a, a key writer on Star Trek, the original series. She was known by DC Fontana so that they would, uh, she wouldn't be judged by her gender uh, in the 1960s. She began, she became a writer on Star Trek when she was not yet 30 and then was a sh- was essentially the showrunner of Star Trek the Animated Series. She wrote Encounter at Farpoint or co-wrote mm. it because Gene Roddenberry maybe stopped uh, like stole part of her script and then added onto it himself. Uh, and uh, she's credited as a co-writer, but, but he basically rejiggered it and did his own thing with it. Uh, and, uh, she, but she was, um, he, she wrote episodes of Deep Space Nine. She wrote, um, more episodes of, of the next generation. She is just a, a huge, huge part um, of, of creating um, the, the Vulcan culture. She wrote some, several Star Trek novels as well. She's just, um, she's pretty amazing. Uh, and she passed away at the age of 80. So I, I think I forgot to mm. say Renee Auberginois was 79. She was 80. So um, I, I, had you guys, uh, it, let, let alone, I, I should have even mentioned, she wrote episodes of Babylon 5, Bonanza, Kung Fu, The Six Million Dollar Man, Dallas. I mean, she is, she is a huge, huge writer uh, and, uh, and, you know, titan of, like I said, of Star Trek. So mm-hmm. uh, were you guys, how aware were you guys of her? The writers tend to go unnoticed uh, in Star Trek. How aware were you guys of her? 
Well, whenever we were covering, let's see, I guess it was in January when we did our Spock recommended episodes, and we, yeah. I was watching a bunch of of key Spock um, uh, film and episodes in his history to fill in, you know, uh, his film history, etc. And I'm pretty sure that one or both of the animated series episodes I watched DC Fontana's name. Uh, and that was the first time that I was really paying attention to. There's also an episode of Deep Space Nine. Uh, I think it's the Dax episode. Mm-hmm. It's another DC Fontana one. So yeah. while I didn't have quite the same awareness as you and my awareness is a bit more recent, uh, it was enough so that whenever I saw her name on Twitter as having passed, I knew what that meant. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I... No, I, to be honest with you, like, not really. Um, but, of course, just your uh, brief kind of overview, Tyler, um, that is pretty impressive. Uh, pretty impressive things that I had no idea. I've, yeah. of course, seen her name at the bottom of the screen multiple times. And sure. like you said, it's just something that I, you know, just passed me by and I didn't really dwell on or think about. So I think it's good to, to think about because, honestly the characters that we know and love wouldn't exist without these writers. Totally. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's an important thing for us to, uh, to recognize and realize. And that's an impressive, uh, bit of Star Trek history that she was a huge, a part of. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. And women in sci-fi history tend to kind of disappear. So I think it's always important when we can point out their contributions as well. Absolutely. Well, and, and like we've, you know, like I said too, she had to hide her, her identity because she mm-hmm. was afraid of, uh, of not being taken seriously because she was a, a young woman writer, especially, I think um, I, I read somewhere like, it was not until the 1980s or something like that that um, that it came out that she was actually a woman or or something like that. Maybe it was late wow. 1970s, um, huh. like because a photo was shared um, with uh, with her name next to it, and so people figured that out. maybe maybe it was a little earlier than that. But uh, but yeah, so it, she's just I mean, 10 episodes of the original series, an episode of yes of uh, of the the animated series, which is Yesteryear, which is the, the if yes. you're only gonna watch one, mm-hmm. you watch that one. Watch that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, five of of Next Generation, one of of Deep Space Nine. But she also show ran um, the animated series. I mean, she just was uh, and was part of the one of the key people in the creation of Next Generation too. So just mm. just a a key person. So uh, and and then the last person. And honestly, I, I doubt we have a lot to say just because he's not as well known. But um, the husband of Marina Sirtis passed away. It sounds like last night, um, I believe as well. And it seemed mm. like it was a, a rather sudden thing as well. His name was Michael Lamper. Um, and he did have a guest role uh, on Star Trek The Next Generation in its third season um, called The Vengeance mm. Factor. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they married in 1992. So. Oh, wow. I didn't realize yeah. the, its connection with, with Star Trek, the timing. Cool. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't either. He was a, he was a musician. Um, I, that's mm. really all I was able to, to find out about him. But he, it sounded like he really played um, with a lot, of, a lot of big people. So. Mm. Well, um, I think, uh, you know, kind of on, on that sad note, you know, and, and we've uh, we've already had, you know, we talked about Aaron Eisenberg as well earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that sad note uh, for Star Trek fans, let's let's turn to, to kind of a, um, a celebration of Star Trek, which uh, which I think each of these people would have been pretty excited about. Uh, let's talk Galaxy Quest. <laughs> um, yeah. Galaxy Quest. Guys, like this is this is one of those movies. If we were to make a list, we started Geek Card Check. Of like five <laughs> movies to talk about, this would have been right up at the top because I I kind of just want to get excited with it, you know, or about it with you guys. Uh, 
let me do some some quick statistics, you know, just you know, director and all that fun stuff, and then we'll let's get into our discussion. So, Galaxy Quest was released on December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety nine. So, we're coming up on its twentieth anniversary. It was di uh, directed by Dean Parasot, which I I recognize his name, but I didn't look up uh, why. It was written by David Howard, who came up with the story, and Robert Gordon, um, who was a writer on on quite a few um, movies. He wrote Men in Black two, which actually this feels very Men in Black from time to time. Um, and uh, it won the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation uh, it, hmm. and the Nebula Award for Best Script. It was nominated for 10 Saturn Awards, uh, and uh, uh, including you know Best Science Fiction Film, Best Director, Best Actress for Sigourney Weaver, and Best Supporting Actor for, for Alan Rickman. And Alan Rickman won the Saturn hmm. Award for that, too. So it stars Tim yeah. Allen. It stars Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Tony Shalhoub, Daryl Mitchell, Sam Rockwell. Uh, it has a small cameo and with a couple of lines from Rain Wilson. So I was pretty excited about that. Can one. we call it a cameo if he's just like really an extra? Uh, I mean, I'm he, sorry, he has this is two his lines. First, he was his first role. <laughs> yeah, well, an extra. That's that. that it's is, a, it's he's a guest not a, star. In fact, I don't know why he wasn't nominated for it. That's really what I. <laughs> right, right, right. I think that's called an extra, my friend. He's not a background artist. He has a couple of lines. I'm pretty sure. No, no, he. He does have a, a listed name, but yeah, I was surprised to see him. And as I, I, I had no idea. I think one of you guys texted. Yeah, it was me. I didn't I, know Rain Wilson. I watched it early this morning, and and I was like, that what? That's Rain Wilson. I had to back it up, and yeah, it was. I was pretty excited about that. It's cool. So what? Yeah. Uh, what is Galaxy Quest to you guys? Let's let's take let's just have a discussion. But I guess first, give us your your initial thoughts, your memories of it. You know, where 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 were you when you watched it, and all that fun stuff. And then let's let's dig into the episode. So Kate, what are your <laughs> What's your history with Galaxy Quest? Well, I do not remember where I was when I Paint saw it. Paint us a picture. Paint us a picture. Where so, were you? On home video <laughs> from my public library, <laughs> recommended by my best friend who also happened to be a huge geek, and he's like, you have to see this. And I went, well, Alan Rickman's in it, so it can't be bad. Can't be bad. And I checked it out, and I watched it, and I went, okay, that was actually funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I loved the film. There wasn't a lot at the time what uh, a good genre parody. I mean, you know, there there was Spaceballs and like Stargate SG-1 had, you know, Wormhole Extreme within the universe of the show of its own parody. But for me, those came later. So this was an early parody for me. And um um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had not even seen Sigourney Weaver in Alien yet, so yeah. I didn't have that connection at the time. But um, what I liked about the movie is that it's a very meta movie. It's like your knowledge of the tropes actually, instead oh. of being you know an eye-rolling thing, it makes you in on all the jokes on it, yes. which is just a super clever way to lean into it. And a lot of the funniest things in the movie for me are things that normally you just roll your eyes at in a normal show, like the countdown timer for an explosion always stops yes. at the last possible second. <laughs> well, they do that on purpose in this, where the uh, Thermians actually set it up so that it will stop on that number, and you think m maybe they never set the ship up to have a true self-destruct that actually works, because they made it work like it works in the show, and the ship never blew up in the show, so... <laughs> You know, lots of fun little things like that uh, all throughout this. Um, uh, I loved that um, you have your characters like, you know, Alan Rickman as as your your serious 
stage actor. You know, classically trained actors are, it's, it's a Star Trek thing entirely. And just leaning hard into that with the perfect eye-rolling sarcasm. Oh, he's, he's so Leonard Nimoy in a lot of ways, too, with, you know, I, I'm sick of saying the line. I'll never say the line again. You know, that kind of stuff. I love it. Right. And there are some moments where, you, like, you just feel his pain, you know. It just, yeah. So he emotes that perfectly. Although, this time watching it, um, I was watching him in his living room on the phone in conversation with Sigourney Weaver, and I'm like, he's still wearing his prosthetic head cap thing. Like, he doesn't even yes. notice. It's still, like, just those little moments. All the details are there. Um, as you might imagine, I spent a lot of time examining what they did with Sigourney Weaver as a character. Because it's always bugged me the way women have historically been treated. And in this, they lean into that, like... The zipper on her jacket gets lower and lower, and then they're shredding her top. And they even, I mean, her character's name is Tawny, which is like... Yes. Yeah. Oh, it they, might, they, she might have been named Hot Girl. Yeah. 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 It was just... Uh, it was... Yeah. They, they did a perfect job writing this. Although I have to say, I would have loved to have seen the non-family friendly version because there are remnants mm-hmm. of it in this apparently movie it was rated r lips, at first yeah yeah there are, there are moments where the lips don't match what you're yes. hearing oh, there was a big f word in there that was bleeped yes. uh, that was uh adr or something like that yeah yes yes right before what was it, the chomper things yeah that I, i'm pretty sure that was an f-bomb coming through um what's so crazy is, is that if it was rated r they whittled it all the way down to a pg yeah. which is insane because that's yeah. rated right pg well it's so a 1999 r so probably just had like three swear words in it or you know and you know it's not really maybe her maybe her shirt comes you know burns off or something like that at one point because that's you know there's your 1999 or maybe we see more of tim allen's backside than we actually saw although <laughs> you know what's noteworthy about that scene when he's leaning forward and he's mooning the Thermians, his shirt yes. does not slide forward. It stays taut and in place. Like, did oh, yeah. they tape his shirt to his butt? Not that Probably. I want to know, but... <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can ask, you know, we can find out, see if we can, you know, let's get to the bottom of this. Oh, Moongate. you did the pun. But um bum Oh, Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> one of us had to, one of us had to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, anyway... Ooh, that, that, you just like knocked me off my game. Um, so anyway, um, I loved the show, the movie when I originally saw it. I watched it a bit more indulgently this time, but it still held up really well. I think uh, even with the uh, for the most part uh, with the CGI and other aspects of it, um, where it was intentionally bad in the worm or not wormhole extreme boy galaxy quest in the show like that worked and then the quote-unquote reality where things were you know somewhat better they, they played that through really well what about you chris what was your reaction to it well okay so you know i saw galaxy quest i believe when it was in the theater i i saw it and i enjoyed it i i never thought it was like amazing honestly you know, I, I don't think I could appreciate it for what it was doing and how yeah. well it did it mm. uh, when it first came out. And so I'd seen it maybe once or twice, but in between that, then and now. But I will say my rewatch of it just a few days ago gave me a new appreciation for it. It is very clever. Uh, it's very funny. 
And it doesn't go into, I think I was talking about this before we started recording, it doesn't go into making fun of those of us who love fandom, right? So there are a lot of these kind of parodies or comedies. Um, you know, I'm thinking of shows like, um, oh, what's that show, that sitcom with uh, oh, Big Will Wheaton's on it? Every, Big Bang Theory. I find oh. that show offensive. Same. Um, I, I find it to be, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, the, 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 don't you love it? Because I just, I don't know. I, I, it feels like they're making fun of me uh-huh. rather than laughing with me, yeah. which is what I want to do when I watch this kind of thing. I don't want to be made fun of for my enjoyment of things. Yeah, the world's um, enough of that with geeks. We don't need more. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's an easy thing to do, but it's a hard line to actually walk and mm-hmm. in, in that you 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 have to be careful to not make fun of or anyway so i think this movie does a pretty good job of that um because they're they're not only making fun of the the fans they're also making fun of the people who made it right and then we're we're looking at like you know the shatner like character mm-hmm. which is the captain in this and the the, the nimoy Yes, exactly. Yeah, the guy who, you know, no one likes, but he gets all the, the, the fans. That's the captain. Um, and then, you know, the, the woman who is there just for her looks. Mm-hmm. Um, who just and, you know, repeats all, what the computer says. Which is hilarious. <laughs> but see, all of that is great, except then they, what I love it is, is that the, what is it called, the Thermians? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are like the ultimate fans. Yeah. Yes. In the purest form, In the, I was they take to say the purest fans. And yeah, their they, belief they... literally makes this world come true because they make yeah. it. But it's not just the technology, which is right. funny and silly. It's also they talk about the ethics. Yeah. Um, and their the belief systems, and it's kind of the way that I've you know kind of grafted a lot of Star Trek's ethics into my own life. I'm saying like. I learned a lot from that show. That show taught me about how to be human. Well, this is exactly what these, in the movie, these aliens have done. They've watched historical documents and they've built a culture, a code of ethics, a belief system, you know, that they're full on, you know, culture Mm -hmm. around the show and it's good and it works. And, and it's, it's yes, innocent and yes, naive, but yet it is something that is is worth looking at and considering and like living out. And I think at first they make fun of them. They're like, Oh, you guys are idiots, this is so silly, yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. what you do but, and then they come to realize, oh, oh, like we can actually coexist here, the actors and the fans, mm-hmm. and actually build something even better if we're not like anyway, I just yeah. I, I, think I think it was Good. Sorry, I think go ahead. it's why it's so important that they make the first approach of the crew, of the crew at the convention center because they yeah. are like doing it in a fan meetup space. And granted, that makes it easier for them to not be obviously uh, aliens, but like on a meta level, that works really well. Also, yes, yes, and but they also even have the real fans, like the Justin Long yes. uh, character, the, <laughs> the the nerd that watches all of them and are asking the, the silly questions. And yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. But like the fact that they even give that per man that 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 those fans purpose, mm-hmm. um, they're they're needed even. Um, even, is even just what, that that awesome conversation between them where he calls where where uh, 
Tim Allen, which is uh, Nesmith, calls down and and you know, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Nesmith. Like I I know I know it's fake. I know it's fake. Nope, nope, it's all real. I knew it. I knew it. You I know? knew it. <laughs> so perfect. It's and just, it also uh, works for us as viewers for those movies that you know we watched growing up. Like I watched The Last Starfighter and these other movies yeah, from the eighties. Yeah. There's the whole you have a key part with something that you can do that means you can save the galaxy too. And they they pull in that character into that universe. And it actually incorporates that because he does that, which is why it's so funny when he has to go take out the garbage for his mom. Yes. Oh, it's so, it's so well done. Even, even playing into like ready player one or Armada, which is a a last Starfighter like book by also by Ernest Klein. Just this very much, the embracing and loving geek culture while also contributing to it and, uh, and not, you know, not I, I would not even, I mean, yes, it's, it's a parody, but it, it's not space balls, you know? Right. And it doesn't shy away from critiquing it, but it doesn't yeah. do it in a really dark, awful way. Yeah. Right. It doesn't make fun of it. Actually, it feels like someone who is a true fan who right. has respect for mm-hmm. the, the source commenting on it because of the the enjoyment they have um whereas i this and i i know we we can probably talk about this later but the the show by seth MacFarlane right now that's on fox the orville i don't feel like has that level of respect all the time now i know that seth MacFarlane is a huge star trek fan but i feel like it makes fun of here let me just say this way it's humor and it's um what is it? The, the the way it exists as an actual, um, what, what do I want to say? Like, as an actual piece of entertainment yeah. in the medium mm-hmm. doesn't work nearly as well as this works on its Agreed. own. Like, the Orville is not as good on its own without the Star Trek references. Right. I feel like uh, Galaxy Quest would be an enjoyable adventure by itself. I think it's so well written, so mm-hmm. well done that even if you didn't have the reference to, you could still enjoy it. I just don't think or- the Orville is nearly as well fleshed out in yeah. that way. Whereas this feels like something I want to be with these characters. Uh-huh. I like this world. I enjoy, you know, this adventure that they go on. It's silly. It's weird. But even if, but if you only had that base level, you'd still enjoy the movie. If you have the years of knowledge of being a, a Star Trek fan, you will see even more here and you'll, you know what I mean? It, it just makes it even better if you know kind of where they're headed. So for me, I just think they did a great job. I, I want to revisit it. Look, this cast, um, has aged exceptionally well. Um, by that, I mean like not the actual actors have aged well. I just mean like, Holy cow, Sam Rockwell right. is in this movie. You know and what I mean? Like stealer at times. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Right? I right? love it oh, when totally. they, they beam over and then he just screams and startles everybody. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> Which apparently yeah. that was improv and that Sigourney Weaver's startled reaction was real. Well, this reminded me a lot because we just watched uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. He's also mm. in that. Yeah. And he plays and a so very Alan similar quirky Alan Rickman. Yeah, he's yeah, played the Marvin. robot. robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, yes, this this does have a feeling of, of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but I think this movie does really well even on its own. So anyway, that's that's my thoughts. Tyler, where are you at, my friend? Well, it was a it was a crisp Christmas day. 
I went oh with my no. Um, I I <laughs> I know that I know that I watched this in the theaters. I know that I walked out absolutely just mind blown, loving every minute of it. Um, I I hadn't revisited this movie in a long time. Although I know we own it on VHS. I know we own it on DVD as well. Um, so like I know this is a movie that I watched again and again. And um, but it was one that I I don't know that I had watched since college. But the moment it started right back up again, I I was just I was transported back. I was I was a you know thirteen year old kid again, you know, sitting and just, uh, you know, this this fan, this this you know fan who who since birth almost you know had been watching Star Trek and loving <laughs> Star Trek, um, but now you know removed from that by a few years and uh, and you know doing what we do and and looking at fandom and critiquing. Um, you know, science fiction and uh, critiquing geekdom and stuff like that. I kind of had a new layer of, of love for the movie than I did before. Um, but, and, and really, uh, I, you know, we had, we had said before, you know, it was voted the seventh best, uh, Star Trek film, you know, of all time. And it's not a Star Trek film, but it's Mm -hmm. just made with such love and, uh, and care for it, for the, for the, the whole genre, not just Star Trek, but the genre, specifically of course star trek but um it's one of those that i just this is one it's a shame that i don't watch more but i'm happy that i had enough distance between you know watches that i was able to really come to it with some new eyes um and and loving it and kind of getting to experience it again so um yeah i don't have much to add other than what we've already said you know in terms of an overview but i i think this is a great great film and in fact chris i was going to ask you are your you know do you think you'd watch this with your kids or would you would you wait until they know a bit more about star trek before they watch it you know it's interesting even though this movie is rated pg we talked about the fact that it was you know r or whatever i still feel like it's pretty mature um Mm -hmm. there's a lot of how do i say it i think it's like sexual references uh Mm -hmm. in it um it is a little more I don't want to say crass. There's a moment where, you know, one baby-like looking creature gets eaten by other baby-like oh, looking yeah, creatures. Mm-hmm. It's a little um, dark. <laughs> yeah. It's a little dark. It does feel, it's interesting that you said it, it, it because of the, the writer, it does feel a little bit like, kind of like a Men in Black yeah. and Ghostbusters it because does. of, I don't know, if Sigourney Reaver getting thrown in there just gives me that vibe. It, yes, I, I think they could soon. Um, not yet. But it just feels a little mature for me. Oddly enough, even though it is rated PG, if you were to ask me blindly, like, what was Galaxy Quest rated, I would have probably said PG-13. Sure. I, in fact, I would, um, too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think they're quite ready. Not because of necessarily, I don't know. It, it just feels a little, it feels a little mature sure. for me, for them at the sure. moment. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm off. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I, I was watching it, I was like, oh, it's rated PG. I started it. I was like, I didn't know this. I'm, I'm going to watch it, and maybe the kids will like it. And, and then I started talking about, like, Sigourney Weaver's, like, various body parts. That's and true. I was just the, like, the six I paragraphs in TV Guide about. That's true. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not comfortable. Most of which they could, most of the and show. And that's a bigger that, the conversation about women in culture and how they're written about and talked about, and you have daughters, so that's a significant conversation. Yes, but, two but daughters, yes, a, yeah, exactly. A legit conversation to have at some point with them, you know, not, probably not at their age now, but, yeah, but but that would be a conversation to have. Or the implicit sure. critique moments when they're in the limo and um, uh, Nesmith is hitting on uh, oh, yes. the right. female presenting Gosh. alien who then can't speak, 
which is right. kind of also, I mean, because her translator is broken, but that moment is even quite meta in fandom where women are not allowed to speak, but they're there to be hit upon, right. which is why I love it that she's actually, we find out not long later, a tentacly creature, which yes. just makes it funnier because <laughs> Shatner <laughs> as, as Kirk and the, the various species he would hit upon yep so the very fact that the engineer winds up in a romance <laughs> with her instead oh and oh, that boy. scene too where they start they start making out and then and then her <laughs> you know shape shifts you know and oh that's not right <laughs> just yeah that, that's, just that's, the, out. that's the stuff I'm, I'm talking about it's a lot of like it's a lot of like you just have to use your imagination and maybe it's just because i am aware of what they are insinuating yes mm-hmm. yeah like an innocent Chris probably would have no idea. Oh, that's funny. Right. She tripped him. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that kind of stuff. That's not, you know what I mean? Like right, yeah. innocent, innocent Chris, innocent kids probably aren't going to catch, right. pick up on a lot. They'll probably enjoy it. But still just me, I was like, oh, maybe later. Yeah. Maybe later. Something to uh, look like forward that. to down the road. Yeah. Correct. Well, and, Correct. you know, again, you're doing, you're doing, you guys still doing Star Trek. Is it Star Trek Sunday or Star Trek? Star Trek Monday. Star Trek, Monday. Star Trek Mondays. It's tomorrow. So, yep. so, you know, you have the opportunity to really build some more fandom in there. And then, you know, and then they'll maybe. There has it. been some interesting conversation already about Troy's wardrobe um, in, mm, yeah, in the series. Good. They couldn't understand why she was in a different outfit than the men in the no earlier No one else seasons. can understand that except except uh-huh. the gross old men who were costuming her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They didn't understand that. And then finally, I don't know if it's a season four or five, she's in the actual legit uh, uniforms. Which, yeah, somewhere uh, five or good. six. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, I, I, and which finally she and is. And she even gets, they even call it out. I think there's an episode, I want to say it's called Pegasus. Or it's chain of it's chain of command because they leave and and the She's admiral, yeah, uh, um, she does that yes and but there's an admiral that comes on um, when Picard is going on his secret mission he's like why aren't you in uniform this is ridiculous wear your your regulation uniform when you're on the bridge and then she just is and I'm like yes wonderful mm-hmm. thank you finally <laughs> yeah they did the uh, same thing to seven of nine which always bugged me yes the cat suit and and that's same and to Paul it's why it's yep. why. To Paul, especially for me, and, and maybe it's because I, I I grew up more on on Voyager, and so I, I kind of accepted it with Voyager, and then I was older when, when uh, Enterprise started, and so she was the one wearing the cat suit. So you assume she's going to be the dumb one who can't act, you know, or something, mm-hmm. with Jerry Ryan can, but you just assume that she's in that role because they don't have, they just want her to be an object. And then I, on our last, my last watch through a couple of years ago, I remember texting with you. Kate and, and going like, oh my gosh, like Jolene mm-hmm. Blaylock is actually a fantastic actress, but they yep. stuck her in the stupid bodysuit and it's, yeah, you, uh-huh. you, they want us to underestimate her as a person and only over look at and her over as again. a, yeah, yep. yeah, as an object. Exactly. Um, well, All right, we've gotten off topic, but, <laughs> but it's a good topic. But I'm no, just but saying, it, you know, related back to that, that where are we right Sigourney now? Sigourney Weaver, right? Is yeah, yes, it, she's being yeah. made fun of with that. Incidentally, well, Sigourney Weaver wanna... said that um, when she put on the blonde wig, she felt herself losing IQ points. <laughs> I think but I saw that too. Yeah, she also kept the wig. She liked it so much after <laughs> production. So I like it. I like it. <laughs> yep, that amuses me. Well, what other big things That's do you guys good. want to talk about? I mean, anything that just stands out, moments that you wanna that you wanna discuss or dissect, or or you know how uh, you know things that contribute to the overall tapestry of geekdom. One thing that I have to say that I don't know about all that, but one of the things I have to say that I was really impressed by by seeing it again is 
what is his name? Saris, uh, the, yeah. the bad guy. Mm-hmm. The makeup effects on the aliens are really great. Uh, I, I was I was I was blown away. I remember enjoying them, but like um, really good. Uh, of course, they were done by um, Stan Winston. Oh, it was Stan um, Winston, of course. Sure. Yes, yeah, yeah. So like all that stuff, you know, that's like the old school, the the old guard. Like, yeah, um, do it in camera. There's very few. Oh, the practical effects throughout are are excellent. Very good. Yeah, I, the the little baby monsters are the only ones yeah. that are kind of like, and they do that all CG, and they don't really stand up all that well they're fine but they're not great yeah. okay so can i just make a comment about saris yeah i was struggling to take him seriously once he realized once i realized that he looked a lot like the grinch's crazy uncle on steroids oh he kind of does doesn't he look like the grinch <laughs> wow <laughs> so yeah. then i went from going you know just watching it to giggling every time he came on screen in my head because I was watching with someone else and trying not to be distracting because it was their first watch. But in my head, I'm just like, he's, he's the Grinch's roided out uncle now. Wow. I never, I will not be able to watch this. I hope I, I hope I forget that the next time <laughs> that I watch this because I will not be able to finish it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, or when I watch the Grinch this uh, this Christmas, I will just be well, thinking, oh, he's maybe trying to kill everybody. Sh- that might improve whatever version of the Grinch it you're might. watching this Christmas. That's true. That's true. And you can just, you know, imagine it as an extra adventure of Galaxy <laughs> Quest, which, by the way, was going to be a sequel series. Uh, Amazon had announced it in 2015, and then Alan Rickman died, I think it was January of 2016, and then they put it permanently on the shelf because they wanted the original I thought I had remembered something like yes. that. And I, and I, okay, interesting. Well, um, I have to say, I w- I've just been clicking around the uh, IMDb page while we've been discussing all of this, mm-hmm. and one of the writers, it looks like, is currently working on a series that's coming out in 2020. Oh, uh, so they decided to go then, back with it. Oh, cool. I don't know. I don't know. Do it in the universe or something. Perhaps I, I don't know exactly how it how it's going to work or what what the deal is, but uh, according to Let's see here. It looks like Robert Gordon, who yeah. is he's the scriptwriter the, of this. Yeah, his 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 top credit right now uh, is the a TV movie is what it says. It's just been announced. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. He's the writer of the TV movie for Galaxy Quest. I wonder, I wonder if he'll be on This is a perfect parody something. of Star Trek. So, what do you do next? Like, do you mine the same shaft, or are we doing something else? Well, okay, never mind. I just clicked on it, and it says it's on hold. So ah. I've got a feeling this is a bunch of baloney. Okay. But we do know that there is a there is a documentary coming out about it. It's already out. It came out November 26th. Oh, it was a limited release, theaters nationwide, just that one day. And I haven't been able to find, because I looked hard earlier, I haven't been able to find any news of is it coming to streaming, or where is it going next after it's limited hmm. release. So I don't huh. know. This year it came out? Yeah. November 26th. I even sent it to you guys over our messenger thing, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I, I, I see it. Do <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually read what Kate puts out? Come on, can Tyler. You, can you, dare you talk on there? I mean, do you... Oh, I don't, do what? I'm trying to, hmm? What? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I mean, if we find out if and when it's going to release to streaming or DVD or whatever, we'll certainly happily talk about it. We'll probably even watch yes. it at some point. I yeah, mean, oh, totally. Yes. Heck yeah. Why not? One of the other ones, just that makes me think we need to, if, if we ever find ourselves in a week where we don't when we don't have something to discuss, we should oh. talk about Memory, the uh, uh, the alien documentary that just came out. Uh, it looks, it's supposed to be excellent. Is it streaming but, or what kind of yeah, format I, is it out in? 
it, yes, it is, and I now cannot remember where it's at. But uh, but I can. I well can done, look. you. Yeah. So, so all that to say, I don't have a solution for this. Just we should do it. Uh, can okay. I very randomly? Uh, mm-hmm. Can we talk about Tony Shalhoub in this? Yeah, sure. Well, I, can I make a comment about him? Please. He um, uh, was also on the TV show Monk, title character. Yes. Yes. And the director of this movie is the dude who got Monk started. Like, oh. he's got writing... Cr- I can't remember if he did the pilot or just the first... Like, he's at the beginning cool. there somewhere. Or a producer or something. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, he's, he's connected there as well. Also, I was going to say, this must be... Here. It's 1999. It must be, you know, right around peak Monk time or... or well, no, Monk came... I want to say, like, maybe 2002. Oh, was started? it? I thought it was a 90s show. Oh, interesting. Uh, my sister loved Monk and just religiously watched it, and so I caught it when it was on, but it never really grabbed me, you mm. know, overall. Um, I but I, but I like about him it because it gives the wrong impression of what OCD is for people who have that. Uh, but yes, that's very true. So, but yes, he is an excellent actor. He plays the dad in uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Marvelous, yes. Oh, he's so good in it. Uh, he's he, and he's good. He was in Men in Black as well. Yes. Yeah, he has a lot um, of character uh, roles that that people don't realize. They're like, oh wait, he's that guy from Monk, but they sort of underrate just how mm-hmm. really amazing he is as an actor. He's a, he's an excellent character actor and a very subtle actor, and and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about in this. Is he is so subtle in mm-hmm. this movie? He's not over over the top. Um, there's a f- well, and in the face of the things. others with their over the topness, which was yes. the point of the others, he plays very well off of them. And in so in so many different ways, like both as himself and as his character, uh, like the the show character. Uh, so he plays a character named Fred Kwan, and he's playing Technician Sergeant Chen. And and the whole time I was like, so this Jewish guy is really yeah. not very Asian. <laughs> but that's also like uh, a meta commentary and some of the casting is. choices of yeah. Yeah. Well, that exactly. That's what I want to talk. I, I think it's it's so funny, and and it's the ex, it's exaggerated version of even like Scotty, let alone you know our our miscasting of so many Asian actors who are you know mm-hmm. either not Asian at all if we go back to the fifties, or are like you know both um, Mrs. Kim and Lane Kim and Gilmore Girls are are Japanese but playing Korean people. Um, but anyway, they like with with him, he is. He's just so yeah. We've got that. We've got the, this just weird, very out of nowhere Asian name for this this guy, um, but just he has these moments throughout that he very subtly steals the scene as they're as they're flying the shuttlecraft down to to get the beryllium sphere. Mm-hmm. Do you guys notice what he was eating mm-hmm. those like those cheese whiz and breadsticks snack yep. pack things? Yep. He's just who knows where he got them or how he has them with him, <laughs> but he's just eating them. <laughs> or he's the one who's the latecomer for joining the others. Yes. And whenever he pops down off the transporter, he's like trying to figure out what everyone else's problem is. And he's like, he's cool. So he's, to- he's totally fine with it. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I love that. Or like down in the <laughs> the engine room is completely exploding. And he's just like, yeah. Can you guys like slow the engines down? Because it's really they, like they, they, blowing they, up. They, they say here. we should slow down. <laughs> so great. He's like group hugging with with the crew down yes. there. And... He's just he's such a perfect, you know, yep. anti Scotty. Again, James Doohan was not Scottish, but has this you know Scottish accent, and and he's uh, he got his his weird name in this one, and he's just he's so chill, so calm. 
and and I yeah he steals he steals the scenes with his subtlety and I love mm-hmm. I love Tony Shalhoub. What yeah. uh, um, Sam Rockwell? We have to yeah. give him a minute there oh, yeah. because the number before of, he was Sam Rockwell. Yes, there are like implicit jokes in here. Like of course he's the token red shirt who is supposed yep. to die, and so like at near the he doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> I don't want to go. And they buy but into if I it stay too. Behind, like I'll get eaten. <laughs> yes. Um, but loved... you wanted to stay behind. Well, <laughs> I thought I would be the one keeping the ship safe while you guys went. <laughs> yep, I love it in the scene where right before they set off the what was the 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 special Omega thirteen Me- Omega thirteen. Whenever the bad guys come in and shoot all the crew, he's the only one that's not shot. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just like Good little point. implicit jokes like that are <laughs> oh. geniusly built into you know what's my last name? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he and he still. He still doesn't reveal his last name, I don't think. Well, he finally uh, gets the last name whenever the yeah. show gets a new oh, life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, in that scene where he's he's telling, you know, how, how do you know you're going to die? Well, you don't even know my last name, but he doesn't tell them his last name either. So it's like he perpetuates it's going to – it's still going to be the red like, That's his whole his, – his, 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 he's having so this good. existential crisis. He doesn't know who he is. <laughs> and his name is literally Guy as a character. Yes, Guy. So. Yeah, human. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, so – um. It, there there were times where he was almost scene stealing and oh yeah, yeah. and hamming it up perfectly like and, and never too much he's just Sam Rockwell has always done smarmy guy very mm-hmm. well um and and it, he's just perfect in this one and then yeah. it kind of has the, a good redemption arc he's not just smarmy guy he's mm-hmm. you know he's the he's the annoying you, you know and you hear that at you do hear that at fan, you know, at conventions and stuff. And I, I haven't, I have not been to one myself. Uh, it's, it's killing me that I've never been to a Star Trek convention uh, at all, ever. You have, I've never been like, to any convention to of any kind. Be in Vegas. So, what is your excuse, Tyler? I don't have one. I don't have one. We made. We big need plans. to plan this. Literally, we need to do yeah. this. Let's we tried just get it, it on the calendar. Didn't, like, the price I know. Triple or something since last year when we looked or something. I don't yeah. know. It's just now. You can Star stay Trek's with family in the area and again. save yourself the hotel cost. <laughs> yeah, well, hotel is barely even the the issue. It's it's yeah, it's just the entrance to it. Anyway, okay. all, all that so, to say, but you you do hear or like I I will see because I am you know a denizen of Twitter. Like you'll see as stuff is coming out about you know around the the. Um, the conventions you will see maybe not red shirt number three but you'll see these these people who you know just had one episode and they're at a convention and uh and so so he's believable but they also never like we said never fully make fun of that fandom aspect and i really i do like it you, you see all aspects um and even the, the the toll that it takes on the the crew you know of uh, the actors it, it's i think it's just so well um, well done. It makes it makes me think. Have you guys seen those the documentaries that Shatner made in the '90s or early 2000s? Trekkies and Trekkies Two. Yes, those yep. are solid. Those are uh, those are great. Uh, two good movies looking at looking at Star Trek fan culture. It's so mm. interesting and and so it, like they. It's almost like I don't know which came first, but it's like they could have watched those movies and written scenes based upon those movies. You know. Mm-hmm. So as we're going along talking about these different actors, I feel like we should talk about Tim Allen for we just a minute because I don't know Do that we we've got. To? We got okay. to talk. Well, Tim I Allen. think this is. I think he's my. This is my favorite Tim Allen. Uh, this and it feels like this may have gotten. And I don't need to look and see when did Toy Story come out. Before this, right? 
six was the first one yeah 95 95. yeah so this is very much his buzz lightyear shatner at work right because when i was watching this i was like this feels like he is purposefully dialing in yeah his buzz Buzz. lightyear yeah you know what i mean especially when he's the hero the when we see the 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 1980s television show that everything's based on. Yeah. It feels like he is, you know, embodying his Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. But I really, I think Tim Allen does a really good job here. I, I, I think he's my, this is, he's at his best on screen. Agreed. Okay, I, I think Buzz is, is his best, the best role. Tim Allen I've ever seen. So yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. I think, I think he's really good here. I think he plays it up well. I think he is, uh, charming enough. And, uh, you know, likable enough, but also at the very beginning, he's, he's able to be cheesy and off-putting enough. Like, he, oh, he does yeah. a good job of of being that role that you actually follow and care about. So, for me, you know, that was actually pretty pretty interesting. I think this is, like I said, yeah, I think mm-hmm. this is his best role. So Apparently, the scene where he's at the convention and he goes to the bathroom and he's in the stall and he hears the fans talking about how awful he and the others are, that's apparently based on a real-life experience of William Shatner at a convention. I believe that. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't have a citation for you. It was one of the many reviews I read. They were talked about it like common knowledge. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I believe that. And, and you know, there's a lot, especially nowadays on Twitter, you know, Shatner has gotten, you know, kind of reviled by a lot of people on on Twitter. He's, well, he he's famous some as, things on Twitter, so it, he, it does. Yeah. But and, and he's he's he's, you know, turning into that skin, I think, pretty, pretty nicely. It's kind of like a badge of honor to get blocked by William Shatner now, um, <laughs> you know, and it, it's it's fine. Like, I, I, I still have my boyish love for you know for William Shatner just as like he was my hero when I was growing up you know and and of course wow. like objectively objectively looking back on it if we you know go into who is the better captain or actor or anything like that it's it's you know Picard all the way and Anson Mount Pike is like you know right there now but like but just I love Shatner was. Pike give me Pike <laughs> okay Chris put it away put it away oh sorry <laughs> sorry was that did I say that out loud <laughs> I, I can't help oh, it. I can't help my love I'm for I'm so for sorry. But, uh, but that was, you know, and he's so clearly playing, you know, Tim Allen is so clearly playing Shatner in, yes. in all of this. Yes. Um, and, and so there's there's still that soft spot that I have. Um, we all have our things that we have grandfathered in that if we'd inter- been yeah. introduced as an adult, we probably wouldn't. But, you know, there yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's so funny to me because, like, the William Shatner that I actually like. I mean, I enjoy Kirk, guys. I do. But I really like. Did you guys ever watch Boston Legal? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go TJ Hooker on us. And I was going to be like, really? <laughs> Boston Legal is great. Yeah, that's a good show. Bo- Jerry Ryan's on that, too. Eventually. His role in Boston Legal is so good. Yeah. He, he and James Spader are so great oh, in yeah. that show that sometimes I have a hard basically time. Basically, the same person, like the two, like those two actors, James Spader and William Shatner. I feel like they're the same guy. And you get Stargate and Star Trek in one room. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> you never thought <laughs> about sure. that. <laughs> and Robert California. Yep. Uh, Robert California. Uh-huh. Well, is there anything else we should say? I mean, I know I don't want to like. Uh, stretch this over too long obviously like you said at the very beginning this is something that if you are if you are an enjoyer of sci-fi space operas you should see galaxy quest because like we said before 
it not only serves as a good comedy, but also a good, uh, actually, you know, a good part of the genre. As it's well. a good sci- it, yeah, it's a good sci-fi film in its own right. You know, it's not, yeah. and and it is a comedy, but I almost hesitate. I mean, it is a parody, but I almost hesitate to put it there just because that that yeah. lumps it in with the likes of Spaceballs, which I really don't enjoy. Like Spaceballs yeah. has some funny moments and it's very it quotable and stuff up. like that. Yeah, it's not it's not what it wants to be. But like, so you say parody, you think of certain things. This is one of those those best parodies, like Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. You know that that it works not as only... a good movie that you don't have to be right. a fan of the genre to like, and it's also fan service. Exactly. For the genre exactly. So if you're like going in with a significant other who has no Star Trek care or anything else like that, this is something you both can enjoy. Right. Yeah, because you don't have to know any of that yep um to to be into it uh, do we want to mention anything about alan rickman do we want to talk about him at all besides his untimely passing oh, no. that I, I will mourn forever and my favorite meme of him after he died was him dressed up as snape saying i'm going to an exclusive belly concert in heaven and you're not invited oh my gosh <laughs> okay <laughs> maybe that was a bit much um <laughs> Wow. Not, wow. We're all just revealing things about, you know, our passions here today. <laughs> Not that all of his movies are good because I've discovered a few in my attempts to fill in the holes of his filmography that I went, okay, nope. Yeah. Nope. But yeah. yeah. His, anyway. uh, I'm sorry. Look, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, <laughs> Die Hard. Just give me those two movies and I'm ready to rock and, and roll. And actually, Alan Rickman only is the a sheriff genius. scenes in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves because the rest of it. Just... No, I like that entire oh. movie, guys. That entire movie is brilliant. It really oh, is. We should do that brilliant. movie sometime so Tyler and I it's can so say good. things I about it. I cut his heart out. With a spoon. No, I'm going to cut his heart out with a spoon. Why oh, a you spoon? <laughs> it's dull. It'll hurt more. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we good. Have to watch that. <laughs> look, wow. look. Uh, I I understand that you can sit. Never mind. What's not we're here for? We're not here to talk about <laughs> Kevin Costner. Yeah, let's 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 cut him from memory. We could just do an Alan an Alan Rickman tribute episode. Is really what we should. What oh, we should. We should. Okay. <sighs> I'm um, excited there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I think that brings us that brings us largely to the end. Um, as always, you guys can follow us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at the geek card check podcast on Twitter. We're at geek card check. Uh, we sort of have an Instagram called geek card check. I don't know when the last time any of us have logged into it, but it's there. Uh, talk to us there. Maybe we'll get back on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Until next time by grab hammer. What a savings. Thank you.